I'm Richard I. Jones, and welcome to Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. Take a look around at the critical situations facing we human beings, and it's sobering. Maybe that's why most of us don't like looking too closely. It becomes overwhelming. Can't you talk about something else? Is how my mother often phrases this sense of overwhelm. The implication being that not talking about it makes it disappear. That's an absurd rationale, of course, but one that's rather common in our addicted to positivity society. In the science of psychosociopathology elaborated at the International Society of Analytical Trilogy in Sao Paulo, Brazil, where our program originates, this is called an inversion. Seeing problems is a negative. You have to make lemonade from that mountain of lemons after all. Problem? What problem? What we've got here is a heaven-sent opportunity in the common parlance. But to really solve the problem, we have to forget about the inverted dictums of the motivational literature. There, it is written that we need to forget the past and look to the future, exactly the polar opposite of what we should be doing. Real leaders, in truth, need to look very hard at the reasons we're in the mess we're in. Freedom and leadership, today, on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We are streaming on the new Stop Radio Network, and this is good news for you who are into what we're doing here at Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We have a number of shows on our new network, which is available through iTunes and also through our sites at stopradio.org and HealingThroughConsciousness.com. Our new programs, Analyzing the 1% with Occupy activist Gilbert Gambucci and The Conscious Company with Susan Berkeley. But the majority of our programs are thinking with somebody else's head. We have a vast archive of programs dating back to 2006, and many of them are here now on our new network. And we're updating all the time, so if you're online anywhere in the world, we can be with you. Our network, you know, I think is very different from most radio media in that we're not selling an audience to an advertiser base. What normally happens in radio stations, of course, they try to access a certain listener base, say men, 18 to 49. They try to develop programming that appeals to that market segment so they can offer that market segment to the advertisers. Uh, so we're actually not doing that. So we're freed up to address the issues we feel are most crucial and analyzing them through our scientific lens. So we come in this sense from a consistent point of view. And this makes our show and our network a source for understanding what's going on rather than a smorgasbord of varying opinions or commentaries that are generally served up piecemeal on traditional radio stations without any attempt to connect up the pieces into a cohesive whole. So I think what we're doing is really innovative and important, and it strikes close to what media should do. Light, not heat, in a reversal of the guiding principle of modern profit-oriented media today. We have a base from which to analyze what's going on. That's the science of analytical trilogy. So before we sink our teeth into leadership with Claudia Bernhardt Pacheco today and start our first in a two-part series on this subject, there have been some alarming reports out of Japan about recurring consequences of the Fukushima nuclear disaster from last year. I've invited my colleague, Will Lajeunesse, another Canadian guy who's living down here with us in Brazil and helping out a lot with our work on the radio network and in various things we're doing at Analytical Trilogy. Well, I want him to talk briefly about what's going on today in Fukushima before we... Uh, because this, has, this is a question of leadership, too. And it will be, uh, provide kind of an overview or an introductory 
explanation of what's happening before we get to Claudia Bernhard-Pacheco. Well, you've been following a little bit uh, what's happening with uh, Fukushima. You know, we don't hear anything in the media about this anymore. Uh, it's like an amazing thing. It happened like a year ago. But, of course, radiation is not something that just suddenly disappears. So what's, what's the latest? What's happening there? Well, the, the disaster in Japan is not over, not by long shot. Yeah. And uh, it, it appears to be even getting worse. Um, it's expected that an earthquake will hit this year again in the area. And, of course, the, the major concern there is, is reactor building number four. Uh, it contains about 1,500 spent fuel rods that are stored on the second level. They're exposed to the air. The roof, the structure that holds the entire building up is, is, is very damaged and is expected to collapse if there's another earthquake. And I, I, as I understand it, this uh, radiation, uh, there must be a radiation cloud or radiation that's still emanating from these spent fuel rods that are now exposed to the air. Where, where is that radiation heading? Yes, there's, there's an incredible amount of radiation. And it's being released into the air, so the surrounding area... Most of northern Japan is contaminated now. Um, parts of Russia, uh, it's, it goes up into the jet stream and it circles the entire northern hemisphere about nine times at least. And it's been doing this for about 400 days now at least. Um, they're picking up the radiation all over the northern hemisphere. You said you have a friend who has a Geiger counter in uh, northern Canada. He's uh, noticing traces of this radiation at a higher level than normal? Yes. The last time I checked, um, he said that the levels were about three times that of normal background. Uh, he t- he's, he's testing food, um, snow, rain, uh, basically anything that's on the ground. There's also another report that this, uh, there's kind of a wave of uh, this radiation heading towards the west coast of North America. Uh, another friend of yours has been called in to do what? Yes, I have a friend who lives in uh, Vancouver, Washington, and he's a, a professional diver. And he's been hired to help um, break up the debris field that's coming from Japan. And the debris field is thousands of kilometers, square kilometers. What is a debris field, Will? Uh, Bits and pieces of of houses, cars, garbage, basically anything you can think of that's been in a city and been washed into the sea. Wow. And this could be radiated. Absolutely. Um, It's highly likely that it is. There's some report, I don't know how reliable this is, that maybe the Japanese people, the Japanese government might even have to evacuate people. And there's some talk that uh, there's these ghost towns in China a report came out of the London Daily Mail News Service in 2010 that there's these ghost towns in China that could accept people like this. I don't know how much credence to put in this, but what's going on there? What do you understand about yeah, that? Apparently, according to some news sources, um, the Japanese government has been talking to the Russian government, um, asking them to release some some islands that the Russians had occupied in World War II. Uh, and apparently they're, the Japanese are also in talks with uh, the Chinese government. And um, they're thinking about evacuating about 40 million people from northern Japan, the, Tokyo and the surrounding cities. They need somewhere to go. 
um, China has has a f- I don't know the number, but probably a few hundred empty cities that have been built that can hold millions and millions of people. They're just sitting there w- waiting. So um, apparently, there's been discussions with the Chinese to find a home for all these people. We we don't know how much, of course, of any of this is true, and this is one of the real problems. Will the, the leadership today? They don't tell us what's going on, and so we have to get, try, try and research these things. And some of the, some of the sources are really questionable, of course. So we don't know the full details of this. But the leadership of the world is really negligent in this situation, aren't they? Yeah, they don't tell us anything. Uh, we're on a need-to-know basis, and apparently we need to know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> a, good, a good way of putting it. So we have a situation, a crisis now that's uh, happening in the world. This situation in Fukushima, I don't know how many times worse than than the one in Russia. I hear different things from many different people, so-called experts and scientists, but one of Japan's leading um, nuclear experts said that this event in Fukushima is like unlocking, unleashing um, Pandora's box, and it has the potential to eradicate huge numbers of people in the northern hemisphere millions and billions so we're dealing with something very serious what happened in chernobyl has implications even today today chernobyl the fallout can be found all over the northern hemisphere in different places canada europe there's places in europe that are more radioactive than in chernobyl so we have a situation of leadership that's very uh, in big crisis in the world today in terms of letting us know what's going on and uh, so we're going to discuss that a little bit more in our program today i'm thinking with somebody else's head when Claudia Bernhard-Pacheco joins us to talk about freedom and leadership. What are we free to do and what is it to be a real leader in our society today? Thinking with somebody else's head is our signature program on the Stop Radio Network, our new Stop Radio Network. Uh, We've been doing this as a podcast since about 2006 and with Claudia Bernhard-Pacheco like regularly, maybe for... A year and a half, maybe two years. So very happy to have you with us, and, and I hope we're, we're giving you an overview of what this incredible work of Analytical Trilogy is. In our last program, we were talking a lot about projects that we're undertaking in, in, in numerous cities around the, around the country, specifically in our, our principal city of Cambuquira, which is about 350 kilometers from, from Sao Paulo. But as well, uh, we are doing lots of work here, Inside Sao Paulo, which is a city of about, what, 18 million people, Claudia? Mm. Something like that? Uh, If you consider the big Sao Paulo, the greater bigger, the greater Sao Paulo, it's even more. More than than 20 million. It's an enormous city. It's enormous, huge. This goes on and on and on. And so there's lots happening here. It's an energetic phenomenon this year. It it is, isn't it? Yeah, because when I left to New York City mm, in the early 80s, it was not like this. No. No. There are apparently astronauts who say that when they're flying, I think it was some Russian astronauts saying that when they flew in their in their uh, circumference of the Earth, their orbit of the Earth, when they flew over Sao Paulo, they could feel a different energy. Really? The, yeah, they, there's uh, some studies about this or stories about this. And even there's a lot of light, apparently, vibration that comes from Sao Paulo because the history the of Sao Paulo. The city or the state? The city of Sao Paulo, mm. especially. And so it's a vibrant place. Mm. And we have our language schools here, our incredible translation company, your clinic where you well, attend Well, here clients. is the place where Trilogy started. 
and is still the center of trilogy today. Yeah, it's the main center. And one of the areas that we have a lot of impact in is the area of education, and now starting to expand again, because you and Dr. Kepi did a lot of this kind of work in the past, working with corporations, leaders. We're starting to have more inroads into that area again. So I thought if we could begin to talk about true leadership Mm. of the 21st century. Yeah. I think this would be a beautiful subject. And you wrote to me, you wrote a, a long email that you were, you were brainstorming on this, and then your computer exploded, <laughs> and you lost all of your brainstorming. I which had is, to redo it. And what you wrote may have been second, the sort of the second option, but it's still pretty incredible what you wrote. And you said something here that I'm going to sort of translate here from the Portuguese, that you said, we're not here to fix here or there a system that's already broken. What system is already broken? What are, what are you talking about? Because when I talk with my executive clients about this, some of them are not quite sure what this means. <laughs> so I want to I want to clear. I have well, another does thing. he read newspapers? <laughs> <laughs> don't, you, don't you watch the television? <laughs> <laughs> to say this stupidity, my God, what is broken? So even people, even the major um, government representatives, they are saying everything is, it's like over. It's, it can't continue the way it is. They are just, it's in a, like where people go intensive care unit. Ah, ICU. Right? Yeah. So you, ICU. Mm-hmm. So uh, governments are in, in, in a kind of ICU and they are injecting uh, more and more artificial blood, like uh Money. Currency and money that does not have a, a anything, basis. Yeah. Anything behind it. Yeah. I, I, I think what they're saying when they, they ask that question is... But it's not only but, that. It's not only no. economic. Yeah. It's all. Richard, if, you, if we want to speak about the future, we must see the past, as we usually do, and how things got to the place they are now. It's really difficult to understand, but we can have some inputs in here. So what have been the uh, main um, desire, the main goal, the main purpose of humanity. Now it's keeping a word that is beautiful in English. But let it go. It'll Uh, come back. um, When we speak about leadership, we are involving... Uh, concepts of power, control, idealism, uh, capacity. So we have many concepts around this. But we have something that is absolutely uh, complementary to this, or it's the other side of the, the, this, uh, the coin or, or the situation, which is freedom. So how can you be a leader and still respect the freedom of your followers? So concept of freedom has always been in the center of discussions. Yeah, and complicated this. Yes. Yeah. People take away freedom. Some leaders have taken away freedom, thinking that this is, (laughs) leadership is to lead like this. Yeah. So we have been having uh, dictators. We have been having 
crazy emperors, crazy kings, crazy first ministers or presidents. We have been uh, having all these crazy people in the power taking the leadership of nations, like even Hitler is the m most quoted example. Yeah. But we have very present ones, too. So when we speak about freedom, we see, for instance, the fight for freedom in many, many places and nations. Especially now. Right? Especially now. But it has been always like this in the Middle Ages. And when people... Uh, put down and uh, overthrew yeah. governments and, and kings and monarchs and emperors, whatever, and put another group in there. And it has always been this fight for power. Now, if you, if you consider the, the, the concept of, of freedom, you see that in, in this, the 18th century. Ah, the 1800s. Yeah, 1800s. You had all those beautiful... Um, writers and fighters for freedom. We had the even the French Revolution and then uh, the independence in, in North America. Yeah. The Late 1700s, just the beginning of the yes. yeah, 19th century. Yes. So you had these um, ideals of that they called Illuminism. Yeah, Illuminism. Yeah. The uh, philosophy of Illumin. The siècle de lumière. Mm -hmm. So they, they wanted to substitute this situation of domination of the noble and the church by something that was led by reason. So reason and intellect was uh, like on the top of the discussions was the main goal at that time. If we substitute um, this fa fa form of mon monarchism, which was totally... Yeah, poverty, corrupt. Yes, and repressive, repressive yeah. unjust, by reason, a group that used the reason to, to govern, yeah. uh, we would have more balance in society. So many achievements were, were done were were done at that time. Yeah, certainly beautiful documents were written. Yes, yeah. so beautiful. But something missed. Democracy came to the place. The concepts of democracy were like in fire all over the world. So we need to have democracy. What is democracy? It's the government coming from the people. And everybody should have the right to vote and to say what to, to what they wanted to be done. Of the people, by the people, for the people. Yes. So this was really beautiful. But uh, right after this, a new form, even new form of um, government and economy was brought, which was confused with democracy. Democracy is one thing. Communism and capitalism are other things. And people confused, for instance, capitalism with democracy. And on the, on the East, uh, where peoples had communism, they confused that with equality and justice. So we saw then this huge form of domination. The state having all the economic power in their hands, killing millions of people in the East Europe. And then we have this corrupt 
domineering, not less unfair and unjust and squashing form of government, which is the new liberalism or the the wild capitalism. So where is democracy? Yeah, good question. In order to be elected, people must present must wave the flag wave around. the flag of democracy yeah. otherwise they will never be elected they'll never be elected but on the other hand they saw and this is something that is that has been an experience already that if you let everybody anyone do what they want to do they will stop working they will start demolishing civilization and culture and so there is always this conflict And you know something? The answer for this I found in Cappy's explanation about freedom. What is freedom? Is freedom the capacity or the right to say no, as Kant, the German philosopher, said? Is freedom the capacity to oppose yourself to someone or something that you do not accept? Cappy brought this understanding. Cappy said, We are free only to do what is good, beautiful, and truthful. We are not free to destroy goodness, beauty, and truth. So this is a general principle. If we want to go down in the the implications and consequences of this, then you will have to understand that, for instance, your freedom stops when you will harm the good, the rights of your neighbor, and now with trilogy of your own, like if you inflict uh, an aggression, omission, is it, um, a denial to your own essence, you are not um, exercising your freedom in correctly. Fact, in fact, Kepi goes very deeply into this, saying that this is a, a form of corruption, that our yes. corruption is a self-corruption too, not only an yeah. environmental uh, countrywide corruption, but a corruption of our own essence, you know. So theoretically, we are free to drink, we are free to drug ourselves, to kill ourselves, to be aggressive, to, to attack wars, other people, yeah. to have wars, to steal, to be dishonest, to be unfair, to be egotistic. So, theoretically and in practice, people think they are free to do this. To ride a, a, a car uh, beyond a, a limit where and, and being drunk when you're going to kill people or you are free to uh, play uh, in the market and take money from the poorest countries. As much as you want. As much as you want. So you be- can become a millionaire, a billionaire, and nothing will happen to your mind, and you will not become a sick person. So these are concepts that are mistaken, and upside-down inverted. No, okay, we have a... Uh, yeah, let's take a break. Uh, because this, uh, you're touching now to something you're probably going to need a bit, bit more time to, to express. So we're back in just a moment. Thinking with somebody else's head, this concept of freedom and leadership that Kepi brings is really phenomenal. So do keep listening. Don't go far away. We're back in just a moment. 
thinking with somebody else's head on the Stop Radio Network. One of my favorite subjects, actually, Claudia has uh, sort of waded into here, is the, the, the concept of freedom. We're only free, really, to do what is good, beautiful, and truthful. And, you know, I hear people talk, you were, you were mentioning the uh, sort of the day trading idea of sitting around on your computer and programming your computer to make uh, very quick chain, uh, very quick sales or buying situations on changes in currency fluctuations or whatever, which people do in, in day trading. And people talk about it, oh, but life is a game. It's a game, Claudia. It's just a game. We're just, uh, who wins the game, you know, is the one who has the most money and he who has the most toys when he dies wins. This kind of idea of a game. This is a huge... We have a word in Portuguese. It's called roleta russa. Do you have this in English? Yeah, Russian roulette. So life is Russian roulette. Russian roulette. <laughs> <laughs> not for me. No. <laughs> and and not in reality, because we don't actually feel good when we do that. Uh, we, we we can't feel... Well, I think Mandela or Gandhi said, if if one person is in chains, we're all in chains. Uh, a way of saying that we are in this... It's not a game. It's a, it's a, There's another purpose to that. If we're thinking of life as a game, this is a very low kind of... So young people wanted to be free. The youngest... In the 60s, they wanted to be free, to become free from that hypocritical society. Now, the concept of freedom they had was wrong. So they were free to drug themselves, to destroy their brains, to destroy their talents and their qualities. And to do nothing. To do nothing. To, so they destroy themselves. It's a huge whole generation that started to be destroyed and destroy itself uh, like it, it has been since then so all generations now enter in a decay so now if you want to find good employees or good workers it's much harder than in the past you will have like incapable slaves now they will not work they will not be capable to do anything so they try to hire people from other countries but it, it, it really doesn't work really so it, that's how it's happening in america in the united states in the moment and one of my students from france was saying the situation there is very dire too they're having an election this month or next month and uh the people are on the streets fighting but they're fighting for less work yeah, uh, earlier retirement more money and less work so they want to live themselves the life the richest live. So this is the, the worst example possible. Lazy, crazy psychopaths or psycho or psychotic people that got crazy because they had too much yeah. and they didn't know what to do with that. Let's go deeper into this question of freedom, Claudia. We're not free to uh, to do anything we want. This comes. This is a philosophical idea. Yeah, because but... otherwise our existence will be against our essence, and we will destroy ourselves and our essences. And there is no no one that can be feel good being against himself. And and we we didn't create ourselves with our own rules. Everything is already organized, and we must understand that a psychological, energetic level is not less perfect or less strict than the physical. So if you inflict a pain, if you cut your finger, it will not recover. It will not grow again yeah. in its place. So this is the same and even worse in our psychological level, in our spiritual level. Because energetically speaking, if we play too much with our virtues, our talents, our essence, our soul, it will get harmed. And it's difficult to get back. Yeah. 
I think this is important. And this may be this massive corruption against ourselves, this massive amount of action against our essence. Could this be then a real explanation for the cause of all the anguish that we see around the planet, the the uh, pharmaceutical use of uh, antidepressants? Growing and growing and growing. That that people are desperate somehow. And even kids are desperate. Now they need to be drugged. They call it this attention deficit disorder. But it's, uh, it's this environment which is totally upside down. Totally, totally inverted. Now, Richard, going back to companies and to nations, a leader, he must be a leader in terms that he cannot forbid his employees or his citizens, to do what is good. And he must stop his citizens or employees to destroy the nation or the company. So being a leader requires an enormous amount of self-knowledge, of understanding and virtue of knowing oneself in terms of, am I against my own nature? Am I using freedom in the correct way? This is a, a deep, deep philosophical and psychological question. And, and most time when people get to positions of power, they stop that kind of questioning, don't yeah. they? They stop to, because they've arrived at the top now, I don't need to think anymore, I'm the best, and so why should I do any self-analysis? So money substituted their brains and their ideas, and their feelings. In Portuguese, uh, we can say they change mentality, mentalidade, por materialidade. Okay, they, they made an exchange for, uh, for being, like, uh, mentally speaking, and they changed that for being, uh, materi- you said material, materialistically? Mm-hmm. So we've, ex- we've replaced... Our mental, our mental capacity. Mentality with, for mentality. For, for, materi- for materialism. <laughs> mentality instead of mentality. mentality. That's a good. Uh, that's a good phrase. It makes, I could see a T-shirt there. Mentality. Yeah. yeah. Mentality or mentality. <laughs> yeah. So we exchanged a good mentality or a broad mentality, a universal mentality, a fair, a good one, a loving one, and a human mentality for mentality. So it became like metallic people. We live in a metallic society and we became metallic people. And we sound metallic. And even the music is metallic and everything is metallic. So we destroyed our essence by using incorrectly, invertedly, our freedom. We are only free to do good, beauty, and truthful actions. Now, you said the leader has to be someone who... Uh, is two parts. You can't impede people from doing good. Okay, this is happening a lot in society now. Uh, this only happens. Yeah, we're forced to do terrible things in many cases. If going, you want, if you have to to work just to make another person richer, it's it's immoral. It's wrong. It's not the right use of your freedom. You can only ask for your employees to be hardworking people if you are. Uh, helping them to be useful somehow yeah, in life, somehow in to life. themselves and to the world. Right. And then the other part of it is that the, the leader also has to be able to stop the people from destroying the company because there's this also this um, 
people think that that if I'm working for somebody, I'm being exploited, I'm being taken advantage of. This company is sucking the blood out of me and life out of me. So this really happens many times, but the workers have to change this mentality gradually. And this cannot be like overnight. It's not like the occupiers in Occupy Wall Street think, this this movement. Yeah. Because it, it, what they want seems to be uh, to have a, a share in what the first percent have yeah. in what they're doing. Yeah. So it's not to change the mentality of the world, to go back to the value of good work. They are wanting a share of what they think belongs to them. Yeah. And it would be fair to... to to, but if they stop working, who is going to to be millionaire in the first place? So it's all everything wrong. It's yeah. everything upside down. Yeah. You know, everything upside down. I was talking to a young student on the street this morning. We had a class last night and she was there. And our good friend Bob Butler joined us in the class to offer some uh, motivation as he does so well. And she was saying to me, you know, Richard, but my job is so difficult because the company is not providing all the resources that we need to train people. I said, well, then you need to do that. Uh, okay, uh, probably the company's not, you know, you need to try and get the company to, to help with that way. But if they're not going to do that, they're not going to change that. So the training that you see missing, you're going to have to provide for the people and not just keep waiting. Well, she was thinking about that a little bit because we have this idea that everything has to come from somebody else. And mm-hmm. what, what are we providing in our jobs? You and know? imagine if everybody in the world or everybody in a country or everybody in a company, they start disinverting their mentality. Yeah. They, of course, will not attack the company because the company is the source of their survival, at least in the moment. So what are they going to do to fight and destroy the source of their income? So this is not the way to treat things. We must to have to change consciousness. Ch- consciousness is very powerful. And consciousness is very constructive. So people must change the people in power by conscientizing them, not attacking them. This is our opinion, because we are even Christian in our principles. We, and, and, and Jewish and Muslim, not Muslim, not Jewish maybe, but Christian. <laughs> because they, are, they understand, even Christians yeah. killed people. Yeah. And they, are, they agree that uh, a war is desirable sometimes. It's, it's something legal sometimes. But we understand that we should never do war because we are not allowed to kill our fellow man. Like the death penalty, Richard. Mm. Isn't the United States the first, or the, the, the not the A first, leader. but the only country in the Western world that still have a death penalty? I think so. I this, believe this so. Is, this is horrible. Yeah. This is terrible. This is totally backwards. So... We need to conscientize leaders about that, for one thing. But you said that with our, our role now, if we're involved in these Occupy movements or these movements around the world, is to conscientize the leaders about what, Claudia? How would you summarize that? We need to conscientize them about what aspect of... This program is being about freedom yeah. and the concept of freedom. Yeah. So we should only be free to do, to work, and to do the good for our fellow men and ourselves. Leaders must understand more in depth and read Dr. Kepi's books about the subject. What is really freedom? And what we are allowed to do or not to do if we want to have a healthy society 
and a, a healthy body and a healthy mind. If we don't want to become psychotic, psychopaths, sick, and build a sick, corrupt, and sick, unbalanced society. We are scientists of the mind and the body. So this is our subject. So we are telling and advising. This is not a matter of politics. This is not a matter of anything other than health, mental, physical, and social health. Next time, I hope we can enter in another dimension of leadership, which is spirituality. For sure we can, Claudia, and we will. Our second in a two-part series on leadership continues next time on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. For more information on the themes explored in our program today, I might suggest a close look at our HealingThroughConsciousness.com site, loaded with stuff there, including many books from Drs. Kepi and Pacheco. Our program is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We try to produce weekly here on the Stop Radio Network. We have lots of archive programs available there, and we do hope you're listening and enjoying what we're doing and passing it on to your friends. That's it for this week's program. I'm back again next week on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. Talk to you then.